1: Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
2: Welcome in, podcast listeners. We have got a loaded show for you. Senator Josh Hawley from Missouri in the third hour of the program. You guys are going to love that, I think, as well as Joe Kinsey, who is one of my favorite writers at OutKick. Plus, if you haven't heard it, Kurt Schilling was on the show Wednesday. We will replay that, the fallout from the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. But we are primarily focused on Deshaun Watson and what in the world is going to happen with the Texans. Lots to dive into on that story. We will do that. Also encourage you, $5 bet for new users returns $275. All you have to do is go to fanduel.com slash Clay. That's FanDuel.com slash Clay, and you can make yourself, hopefully, a big-time win for the Super Bowl. Pick the Chiefs or pick the Bucks. FanDuel.com slash Clay, a $5 bet, turns into $275 if you're right. The podcast is always right, and it begins now. Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern. Well, the NFL quarterback drama is officially not drying up. The Houston Texans get a new head coach, and immediately the news comes out. Shortly after that uh, discussion began yesterday, Deshaun Watson said, I want to be traded. Uh, I believe what actually happened, if you want to use the term of parlance, is he requested a trade. Uh, he has a no trade clause, so everybody out there who gets obsessed with no trade clauses uh, can know that. And there are odds hung out there on where Deshaun Watson is already going to play uh, if he were to be traded but from the Houston Texans. Now, I'm going to continue to take the position that there is no way that the Houston Texans are going to be willing to to trade Deshaun Watson. That is where I am going to stick. I am not going to abandon that as the potential storyline. I believe that Deshaun Watson is too valuable to allow him to be traded elsewhere. But there are lines out there on where Deshaun Watson would be traded, and there are lots of interesting possibilities to explore And so I think we'll be talking about this quite a bit as we move throughout the program today. And I want to start with why I believe the Texans would be imbeciles to trade him away. Deshaun Watson is a rare unicorn of a quarterback right now. He is 25 years old and he is already proven as a high-end quarterback. He's got top five numbers right now. You can pick him apart. You can argue, well, if he were so good, why did the Texans go 4-12 and with him? Why did they find a way to, to, to be this bad if he's that good? You're supposed to pay $100 billion to a quarterback to avoid this sort of situation ever occurring. I understand all of those arguments, trust me. Here is the flaw in those arguments as you break them down. There aren't very many Deshaun Watsons. Right now, if the Jacksonville Jaguars knew that Trevor Lawrence was going to be as good as Deshaun Watson, they would be ecstatic. If any of us could point for certainty to this year's class of quarterbacks, whether it is Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, uh, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, uh, uh, Trevor Lance, who I know nothing about, right? What's his name? Something Lance. Uh, Look that up, Dub. The guy from uh, the Dakotas. There are tons of guys out there. Kyle Trask. I mean, there might be six guys that go in the first round. I keep forgetting that guy's name. Trey Lance. I don't know if I'm ever going to get it. That sounds, by the way, like a fake name that a bully would have in a uh, in a movie. Trey Lance would definitely be the guy who's picking on Spider-Man uh, in the new Spider-Man movie if they were having to name him, right? So Trey Lance, that's the guy from the Dakotas. We don't know which of these guys is going to be good. And even if you draft a quarterback up top, just look at three years ago. We had five quarterbacks go in the first round three years ago. Who were the two most criticized draft picks in that first round by far? Everybody remember? Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. Who are the two most proven quarterbacks so far from that class three years ago? Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. Almost nobody said a single word negative in the grand scheme of things about Josh Rosen. Everybody loves Sam Darnold. Lots of love for Baker Mayfield out there as well. The two best so far through three years have been the most criticized. What about the next year after that? In Nashville, my hometown, who was the most criticized quarterback drafted in the first round in the Nashville NFL draft? Daniel Jones got absolutely destroyed, Daniel Jones did. Almost no one criticized Dwayne Haskins. In fact, a ton of people out there said, how in the world are the New York Giants going to take Daniel Jones when Dwayne Haskins is still on the board? Which of those three quarterbacks that went early, I believe there were three, Dub, you can go back and check, two years ago, has been the most reliable? Kyler Murray, he went number one overall. Okay? After that, who has been otherwise the most criticized guy out there by far was Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones was one of the most criticized draft picks I can ever remember seeing in my life. And so Daniel Jones, we don't know whether he's going to be any good or not, but there was almost nothing negative said about Dwayne Haskins. Everybody praised the Washington football team when Dwayne Haskins got drafted. He's already off the team kicked off the team effectively before he could complete two seasons there, and the Washington football team desperately needed a quarterback, and Ron Rivera said, you're not my guy. The point on this is we're starting to get rapid-fire results from the quarterback position. Within year two, a lot of times you have a good sense on whether somebody's the right guy, even in year one. If we went back and looked at the rookies last year, Joe Burrow pre-injury, looked pretty good. Justin Herbert was a revelation. Tua, people are pretty nervous about Tua. I think it's fair to say. I hope he pans out. I hope he's fantastic. But that offense with Tua in charge was a lot worse than the offense with Ryan Fitzpatrick in charge. My point on all of this is there's lots of money being invested. And even for top draft picks, there are still a lot of swings and misses. And we are finding out in rapid fashion whether or not some of these guys ever deserve to be first-round draft picks. I think it's fair to say, based on how Josh Rosen's career has gone, he never should have been a first-round draft pick. I think it's fair to say, and that's only three years ago, I think it's fair to say, based on how he's performed already, Dwayne Haskins never should have been a first-round draft pick. And we'll see what happens going forward. By year two, you start to have a pretty good indication of whether a guy makes sense or not. And we know Deshaun Watson makes sense. So a lot of people are like, well, the Texans could trade Deshaun Watson and they could get draft picks. Right? There's a lot of talk now about, hey, Deshaun Watson to the Jets, get the number two pick, you can go into the draft, you can pick your favorite quarterback. That's no version of success there guaranteed at all. It's still 50-50 in the first round that your guy is ever going to make sense and – Not just make sense, but become one of the top signal callers in the league. To me, this is a no-brainer. The Houston Texans cannot move on from Deshaun Watson. They need to stay committed to him, and they need to avoid having to trade him at all. All right, we have got a loaded show for you, by the way. I'm looking at the clock right now, and I'm like, man, I don't have time right now. to to break down every potential spot that Deshaun Watson could go and explain to you whether or not I think it makes sense. So here's what I'm going to do. When we come back, my guy Joe Kinsey is coming in. He writes all sorts of entertaining and fun articles at OutKick. We're going to hit on a lot of lighthearted, hopefully entertaining stories for all of you out there uh, that he has written about so far this week. Then at the end of the hour, I will start to break down the potential destinations For uh, our uh, our stud quarterback Deshaun Watson, if the Texans decide to move on from him, I want to make it clear I don't think they should, but I think there's a decent chance that they may end up getting sort of checkmated into it. So then I will go. I will give you the NFC suggestions, the teams I think it could make sense for Deshaun Watson to join in the NFC, and then I will go to the AFC. All that's still coming this direction. Uh, By the way, Joe Kenzie scheduled to join us. We're also scheduled to be joined uh, in this program by Senator Josh Hawley, a Missouri senator, uh, to talk about a lot of issues in the world of sports and beyond. That is where we are headed. This is Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis.
1: TireRack.com slash sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be
2: we bring in now outkick writer joe kinsey you can find him at joe kinsey exp A-X-P, uh and uh, he'll be ready to roll with you there he's been doing great work for us at outkick a lot of different stories to hit but let's start here do you buy stocks on Robinhood? are you uh are you uh- have you gotten caught up in the uh in the stock buying frenzy that has taken over the internet
3: Clay, I, I'm not a Robin Hood guy.
2: Uh, I, listen, I'm not caught up in it.
3: I love watching this, this war that has broken out. These uh, these Reddit people, who in the world are these Reddit people, by the way? They're just attacking these stocks, You know, buying them up, attacking the hedge funds. This is old school internet. i love to see this.
2: All right, so I'm fascinated by it on so many different levels because for people out there who haven't been paying attention to this story, Basically, GameStop is the is sort of the focal point, although there's a lot of different stocks that have been in the same sort of universe. They have decided to find stocks with high levels of short interest. And if you're out there listening to me right now, not that I'm a financial expert by any stretch of the imagination, but you can buy a stock and be long it, believe in its long-term future, or you can short it and basically be betting against it. And so, if you're betting against it, a lot of times you have to cover your position, which can drive a stock soaring infinitely higher. Um, and these Reddit forums are deciding as a group, "Hey, we're going to all go buy this stock," and the stock market is uh, is uh, you know open to all. Although there's some different wrinkles now with the Robinhood app shutting down and not being able to buy stock, and all these different angles. And so there's been all this crazy speculative excess where stock prices have basically exploded, not in any way connected to the fundamentals in any way of the business itself, but just based on, hey, everybody's deciding to create their own bubble. And uh, and it's turned into a massive story. Now, in a general sense, this makes me think that we're headed towards, you know, if you're old enough, Joe, to remember, I was talking to Dub off the air. He doesn't really remember it. But you remember back in the day, I bet, around, you know, the internet explosion, when the internet was just starting, if you said, hey, we're going to be selling uh, anything on the internet, immediately the stock just went like crazy. And there were all these companies founded that were trading on the internet that didn't have any revenue at all. And then the dot-com crash happened and most of them went ended up in bankruptcy
3: absolutely clay it would have been like dogtreats.com or
2: dogpets.com dog, is dog one com. that a lot of people remember like they had no business they just had the domain name and honestly a lot of these companies like the the idea behind it was hey the internet's going to fundamentally transform everything and so you need to be investing in the internet as aggressively as you possibly can and by the way they were right right like if you had just not paid attention and you'd been like hey i think this amazon thing is going to be a big deal. I mean, you'd be worth tens of millions of dollars if you just put all of your money into Amazon and gotten out of the way. There have been a bunch of big winners, Google uh, and the like, but uh, but everything was going up, and it was just like a speculative excess. And then the bubble popped, and uh, and there were a lot of people who lost a ton of money.
3: Yeah, Clay, I was around for that. Uh, listen, I'm you know I'm I'm pro chaos. Uh, yeah. I know it's going to hurt some people, but I'm pro-chaos content creators all over the place. These guys are popping up on social media. They're, they're claiming to be leaders of the Wall Street Bets Reddit account. You know, I love the chaos. This is what we needed. You know, we're, we're, we don't have football this weekend, so we need some chaos. This is going to pump us right into the weekend, so I love it
2: uh we are talking with Joe Kenzie. all right there's a bunch of different stories that have been out there uh let's start here we now know that there have been all the NFL head coaching jobs have been filled uh where does this rank on the uh on the chaos list I mean it's never as exciting as say the Tennessee coaching search or college football searches uh but seven NFL coaching jobs filled anything jump out to you in a big way
3: well, Dan Campbell in Detroit, uh, he's yeah. Mr. Chaos. Uh, yes. That's that's definitely chaos. Uh, who's the guy in Philly? I, I don't know who that guy is, but I saw him do a Zoom call. That was Is his name Nick Sirianni or something like that?
2: I think that sounds right. I really don't yeah. know who he is either. I mean, a lot of these NFL yeah. coaches are relatively anonymous uh, assistant coaches, and then they suddenly get the promotion to be the big guy, and most people have never heard of him.
3: Yeah, that's that's my thing, is I'm having trouble uh, getting all their bios down. So I'm just going to stick with Dan Campbell. He's my guy. He's loud. He's brash. He wants kneecaps bitten off. So that's my guy. I love that hire.
2: So we haven't had, so far at least that I've seen, you remember last, a couple years ago when Brian Flores got hired and uh, you had a couple of the blue checkmark brigade out there immediately be like, oh, I'm sick of all this racism And they they thought Brian Flores was not black, like they literally hadn't taken the time to actually even Google his name. They just assumed he was a white guy. And then, do you remember that? Like, I can't even remember. There were a bunch of different, uh, you know, writers and reporters in the world of sports media that were complaining about that. And then, uh, and then, lo and behold, oh, he's actually a black guy, and they had to delete their tweets and pretend that they hadn't been complaining. Uh, But so far, I don't think we've had any massive. Viral swings and misses in terms of quick reactions to the coaches, right?
3: Well, now Jamil, Jamil Hill, she they're, Jamel, they're, 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 Jamel, Jamel, yes, Jamel. Uh, they were fired up last week. Uh, not enough black coaches hired. Not enough black uh, assistants hired. So there were there were some rumblings, but the stock market took over all that. You know, it, it took over, right over all now. the
2: storylines. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah.
2: So it just Jamel, it took over all the trending right. topics. Jamel lost. Does Jamel have a take on Robin Hood and like GameStop and stuff like that? She's got me blocked, so I'm, I can't see.
3: There's got to be some sort of racial angle she can take to that. Uh, but she was overrun by Reddit. Uh, Reddit and stocks just have eviscerated all the, the normal hot takes out there.
2: Which, to be honest, actually, I appreciate because there's not some identity politics, at least not that I've seen. Laden component to uh, whether or not you can buy game stock, uh, GameStop stock. All right, a couple of different stories I want to hit you with here that you've been writing about. You wrote about the best and the worst cities for golfers, and I'm assuming that got a lot of attention because people get so fired up. Where are the best and the worst cities for golfing? Were there any big surprises to you on the list? Well,
3: I have New York City ranked third, third best in the country for Seems surprising. Four golfers, best cities in uh, the u s New York City is number three now, I looked into the what that all means, and new york has New York ranks extremely high for a city to get lessons, so these guys must go into you know they go into some warehouse in New York City and they 're doing lessons, so they rank really high for golf lessons. All these rich guys, all these Wall street bankers are going in and getting their golf lessons. So New York City somehow snuck into number three. Other than that, on the top list, uh, the top ten, Arizona and California dominant, as you would expect, and uh, Las Vegas at number five. So that makes sense, too, uh, based on climate. You can play all all year round.
2: Uh, All right, Uh, you are, uh, and I got distracted because I was looking at one of your articles, and by one of your articles, I mean Michaela Maroney is back. So you are, uh, you are the king of like kind of keeping tabs on who is uh, dominating the uh, the social media universe. We talked about Paulina Gretzky, Selma Hayek, now Michaela Maroney, who won uh, gold all the way back in 2012. She's 25 year old retired gymnast. People have been in love with Micha- Michaela Maroni for a really, really long time. I think wasn't it Michaela Maroni? Was it in 2016? What was the year when she had like the disgusted face on the uh, the medal stand? Do you remember that? Yeah, I
3: think that, I think that was 2012. It, Is that it, when well, she
2: really was- became a superstar? Was 2012? Yes, it was. Yes, uh, so- gold overall with the U.S. team. Yep, that was her. So people have been in love with her for a while, but now she is back on Instagram and I'm scrolling through and looking at your report. She is joining what Kate Upton, Selma Hayek, uh, I noticed lately Elizabeth Hurley, a lot of the old school, big time, early internet stars are starting to, you know, kind of flex on some of these young Instagram models that have been trying to steal their shine. Yeah,
3: Clay. This is uh, this is a big storyline in twenty twenty one. Are uh, the, the old timers, the old, the old, the OGs of the world uh, that are coming back now, and they're they're like, listen, I'm taking back what was mine. And all these like uh, girls that are like promoting like iced tea and stuff. I don't, you know, they're they're overrunning. They're like Reddit overrunning uh, Jamel Hill. These old schools like Michaela Maroney are coming back. They're getting their titles back. And uh, they're like, listen, I, I did this before any of you, and I'll do it even better, and here they come.
2: Uh, and and, Liz, and uh,
3: Hurley, Liz, Liz Hurley, Liz Hurley, 55 years old.
2: Yeah. Selma Hayek's 53, right? What is she, 53, 54? Yeah.
3: Yeah. So uh, Liz Hurley revealed this week that her 80-year-old mother took the shot of her barely clothed in the snow. <laughs> it's, this is
2: insane. Elizabeth was Elizabeth Hurley dating or married to uh, to Hugh Grant? Is that when she initially became famous? I think so. I thought that was how it all became. You know,
3: that was and that was like
2: think. That was like thirty years ago, right? At least, yeah, it's amazing. Um, all right, you, the Bills obviously uh, their great run came to an end in the AFC Championship game, but you found a Bills fan. Who spread her father's ashes during the AFC Championship game?
3: Yeah, quickly. Uh, the story is, is that her dad was—he uh, was originally from Western New York. He was—he was going off to Vietnam, Clay, and part of his training was in Kansas. So he goes to Kansas. He becomes a Chiefs fan. Comes back from Vietnam. Uh, goes back to Buffalo to live, and he's a Chiefs fan. Well, his daughter becomes a just a huge Bill Super fan.
2: Because she, she grew up in New York. He was a Kansas City fan, but she became a Bills fan growing up there. So they had different teams, different allegiances.
3: Right, and they had this plan that they would go back and see the Chiefs and Bills when the Bills got good. Well, now the Bills are good, but Dad died in 2019 just before the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. So she goes to the AFC Championship. She's wearing her dad's ashes and you know the game's out of hand. And she says, "Now's the time." She releases the ashes in the aisle, uh, in front of her seat, and uh, peace out to her dad.
2: So, how does she wear the? How does she wear the ashes? When you say wear the it ashes, it looks
3: like one of those like
2: vials that
3: you wear around your neck.
2: Oh, uh, okay. And,
3: and so she has the ashes in there, and she opens it up, and she dumps the ashes out.
2: You know. You know, right this is the, actually, right I, I didn't realize this, but I read a big article. There are a lot of people, for instance, that want to spread their, their heirs' ashes. Uh, you know, their, uh, I guess not their heirs, their, uh, their their mom and their dad, their grandparents, whoever it might be. One of the most popular places in the world to do this, can you think, or I'll say the United States, where would you think would be one of the most popular places for people to want to do this in the United States? Uh, Disney World. That's right. Disney World and Disneyland, no, one hundred percent huge issues with people coming and uh, and depositing their loved ones' ashes. Now they'll try to do it secretly because technically you're not supposed to do it. Uh, But it is one of the most. I think it's the most popular place. uh, You know, in terms of a public, I'm sure, like the beach. You know, like uh, you know, land that your family might have owned, whatever. Like those. I'm talking about like a public place. Where you would have to go through security to get in and do it, uh, yeah, it's wildly popular uh, for people to do that at Disney World and at Disneyland. Well,
3: I'm heading into the weekend on a hot streak. I need to gamble a little bit. And yeah, you uh, nailed it.
2: You know, that was a good guess. I nailed it. Uh, all right, so a couple of other stories that you've been writing about at Outkick, and we're talking to Joe Kenzie at Joe Kenzie Exp is where you can find him on Twitter. You can go read. Uh, his work at OutKick, lots of fun stories uh, designed to make your day go a little bit more uh, – a little bit, hopefully, more enjoyable than it otherwise would be. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, obviously, has been dominating, but he has got a brother and his pregnant fiancé, and they are incredibly active on Twitter, and you find them to be uh, – sorry, on TikTok and uh, like Instagram and all these places – and you find them to be insufferable, why? Clay,
3: I, I cannot stand these two. I'm calling on Tom Brady to humble Jackson Mahomes and Brittany Matthews, pregnant Brittany Matthews, with a giant rock from her half-billion-dollar dollars fiance. <laughs> these two just scream and act like complete idiots. Complete idiots, Clay. Right in the suites at Arrowhead Stadium, they're screaming and flailing their arms around like maniacs, and I am so sick of it. These two need to be humbled.
2: God, twenty-five help and one back. in the last twenty-six. Oh, so they've had a lot of ex- a lot of excitement and enjoyment as Kansas City Chiefs fans.
3: Oh, it's time to humble these two, Clay. I can't take it. I'm calling on people to to join the movement. Join the boycott of Brittany and Jackson Mahomes, this annoying TikToker. He's like 20 years old, acting like he's 10. And uh, I need this to stop at the Super Bowl, Clay. It ends now. By the way, speaking
2: of the Super Bowl, where would you rank, uh, I believe, the heiress to the Kansas City Chiefs' uh, you know, ownership, Gracie Hunt? What's her story? She's young. She always is active. I know you've written and talked about her some. Uh, she's obviously very attractive. Does she have a boyfriend? She's single, right? Like that's a that's a pretty big catch. Is to be potentially able to date the hot girl who will one day inherit the Kansas City Chiefs franchise. Because most people out there probably not going to make enough money to buy an NFL franchise. So your better chance might be to marry into a family that already has an NFL franchise.
3: Clay, great story from last year. Uh, Gracie Hunt used. To-
2: she used to date. By the way, 21. how old is she? How old is she?
3: She's like 21.
2: Okay, okay. I just want to make sure she wasn't like 17 because you never know with no, all no, these no. Instagram accounts and everything else, and then people are going to be like, she's 17. She's not that old. She's 21. Is she in college? She's
3: 21, 22. She's in, yeah, she's in college. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So so she she's active on social media and really popular, right? Not surprisingly. Yeah,
3: absolutely. And, and, and by the way, guys on OutKick cannot stand her. They're tired of her. But it's a, it's one of those th- it's a it's a lightning rod. She is, Gracie Hunt is a lightning rod, so we're gonna cover. We're gonna we're gonna promote Gracie Hunt because some of these guys hate her. It makes them click, Clay. But anyway, Drew Locke used to date Gracie
2: Hunt, right? Oh, the starting quarter. I didn't know that. The starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos used to date the owner' daughter of the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes. That is a heck of an AFC West rivalry there. Now, were they dating when he was the starting quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs? I mean, no, sorry, the of the Broncos.
3: The relationship ended, and it was more or less like can't can't do it. Yeah, can't do it. Can't
2: beat the quarterback. It's like the, from it's the, like the Montagues and the Capulets. You can't cross. You can't cross that uh, those franchises.
3: Incredible storyline. So, whenever Drew Locke goes back to Kansas City, it's Drew Locke versus the heiress. So that is the story with Gracie Hunt, was the Drew Lock thing was great.
2: Did she go uh, to Mizzou? Now, is that how they knew each other? She was like a student there, and he was a student there? Do we know? I don't
3: know. I, no, I think she goes to SMU. But okay. uh, I, the, the, the Hunt family lives in Dallas, and they fly up to uh. Kansas City on their private jet for everything. They don't, they don't mess with Kansas City. They just visit on uh, game weekend. I got gotcha. you. I didn't know. So that. I That's... think you may have a Texas connection. Anyway, I got you. Gracie is now, you know, Super Bowl heiress, going to another one. So, there, guys, it's time. Slide into the DMs. Shoot your shot with uh, Gracie
2: Hunt. All right. This is the final story that I'm going to hit you with uh, because I saw this. A 35-year-old man named Charles Majawa died in Malawi in a, uh, in, a, in a really difficult but also bittersweet way. How did he die?
3: Yeah, Clay, uh, Charles, he was, uh, just to put it bluntly, he died of excessive orgasm. He, I, uh, he I didn't know this was a, a way to die. Yeah, I looked it up. Uh, Johns Hopkins says, yeah, it can happen. Not, not very common, but you can die by orgasm. Uh, so he, he, hires a hooker. He's, uh, he's 35 time, you know, time to hire a hooker. Uh, you know, it's, he died in, in excessive sweetness is how the local newspaper put it. So, uh, they put it on the, uh, the obituary that it was, uh, excessive, excessive sex led to, uh, you know, the brain just started exploding with, uh, blood
2: vessels You know, and, this- uh, pour one out. This, I got to say, a lot of people out there with teenagers, maybe you want to share this article. You're worried about them. They got a new boyfriend. They got a new girlfriend. Convince them that they might die if they think about having sex. Just toss it out there. If you got a 16, 17-year-old, been locked up for a long time, you're nervous about the boyfriend or the girlfriend, this story on OutKick not saying that terrifying them that they might die to sex is a, is, a, is, a, is a go-to move, but I think it might be a useful move. I'm just tossing it out there, terrify them. Uh, Joe Kinsey, I appreciate you chasing down all of the stories that matter in the world. We will talk to you next week. Thank you, Clay. You next week. This is outkick the coverage with Clay Travis.
1: TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
2: Uh, Petros Papadakis has been sick, and so I believe we're going to do the Bachelor report next week uh, as uh, as I think about Roses as we finish off the first hour. I know a lot of you love Petros' hit. Uh, we missed him this week so far, so the plan is to uh, to hit him next week uh, and have a double dose of Petros for the Bachelor. There are a lot of teams that are competing to try and get the Rose uh, with the uh, with everybody out there who is after Deshaun Watson, and I just teased this out there for you. Uh, there are a lot of different aspects, I would say, that can be major issues. I'm going to go – I know I said I would talk about NFC and AFC. I'm actually going to do that to start the second hour of the program. I wanted to get into the bigger question of what can Houston do here, right? Who actually has leverage? The The Houston Texans can fine Deshaun Watson $95,000 for missing minicamp. They can fine him $50,000 per day for each day of training camps that's missed, plus one week of salary for each preseason game that is missed, which is $620,000. And if he retires, the Texans can collect million from Deshaun Watson. So there's been a lot of talk out there about who has the leverage in this situation. Deshaun Watson can certainly request that he be traded, but that is not necessarily a very easy thing for him to manage in the grand scheme of things because he signed to a multi-year contract and the Texans have really good leverage with him. Not to say that they can't uh, decide to trade him, or that there might not be value out there that eventually the Houston Texans decide to undertake. The example I always use is, I love my house. I wouldn't ever want to leave this house. I've been here for six years now. I've been through two moves in my life. This one would be way more complicated because I got three kids, we filled up this house with all the furniture and all the details and all the work. It's now a perfect house, right, from my perspective. We moved into a house that was a lot bigger six years ago than the house we used to have, and if you've ever moved, been fortunate enough to move into a lot bigger place, it takes you a while to get all the couches and to get all the chairs and to fill it up. I mean, my kids used to ride their bikes around in our front room Because it took us a long time to get all the furniture in there. And so now that I've got it all done, the last thing I want to do is have to go through the process of moving. But if someone knocked on my door and they offered me a million dollars more than my house is worth at this exact moment in my mind, I think I would take the million dollars. I would move because even though my house is not for sale... Every single bit of property, in my opinion, that you own, if somebody offers you way more than you believe it is worth, then I think you should sell it. That's what capitalism is. If somebody is offering me more value for my property than I think it's worth, then I am going to move on and I am going uh, to take the money and invest it somewhere else. Okay? So, I'm not saying the Houston Texans are going to refuse to trade Deshaun Watson. Because it might be the case that somebody comes out there and makes an offer that is too good to refuse. Do you remember yesterday on the show talking about offers that are too good to refuse? That's how if you have a challenging job situation because of NCAA issues, you sometimes have to overpay talent compared to an incredible job situation with no issues associated with it at all. So somebody might look at uh, Deshaun Watson and say, you know what, I desperately need this guy on my team. I am going to value him so highly that the Houston Texans would refuse to say uh, no to our offer. But there's a lot of talk out there in the media that somehow Deshaun Watson has a lot of leverage. No, he doesn't. Not really. I mean, he can choose not to play, but if he chooses not to play, he's in a tough spot. Again, he can get fined almost $100,000 for missing minicamp. He can be fined 50, these are the terms of his contract that he signed. He can be fined $50,000 per day for each day of training camp that he misses, plus $620,000 for each preseason game that he missed. And oh, by the way, some people have said, well, he could threaten to retire, he could sit out. If he were to retire, which is crazy because he's 25 years old, he would owe the Houston Texans $21.6 million because they've already fronted him part of the money that is owed to him under his contract. So Deshaun Watson may not want to play with the Houston Texans anymore. I'm not sure that he has that great of leverage to be able to make that happen. In fact, under the contract, he has almost no leverage at all. When we come back, having said all that, which teams would make the most sense to potentially trade for Deshaun Watson. We will talk about that. That will be next. This is Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis. Oh,
0: oh.